You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, welcome back to another friendly episode of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. And my name is Rob, and this is episode 997, Paul. Can you believe it? All because of you guys, your questions, your involvement, your interaction, your care for the industry, and we appreciate you spending a few minutes of your day with us. Thank you so very much. Also want to say a quick, uh, genuine and heartfelt thank you to everyone in the drone community who has been with us for a very long time. And they're coming to us now asking for our, our help to create classes based off of what they have learned to help the community as a whole. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of the community for doing just something amazing by giving back and paying it forward like that. Um, you are true leaders. You are truly good people. So I'm not going to get into specifics, but there are a lot of great enterprise um new members here at drone you and uh, we're really excited for that we're also going to be launching a new solar inspection class with raptor maps Uh, i want to say a special thank you to nikhil for coming out from boston to meet us in the heat of the gila desert (laughs) oh so hot it was so hot i can only imagine that was really awesome of him to do that it really was it's going to be an amazing class thanks to him wow good people at raptor maps i have to say that guy such an inspiration to me after like meeting him and hanging out he's he is a ceo who is you know bootstrapping he's in the mix he knows exactly what his audience wants because he is the audience he's willing to literally uh do everything in order to make the product perfect and you can tell that he has really thought this through because like for instance one of the biggest problems about being out there in the field is checking your data if you're mapping something typically you want to make sure you have enough coverage of whatever you're mapping well Nikhil figured out that, hey, we don't need to upload all these images on a crappy connection because everyone knows that's never going to happen. So instead, we're just going to scrape the metadata off of the images and tell you whether you got enough data or not. So like he takes... Brilliant. It's super brilliant. It's brilliant. It's like, it's like, I mean, like you just think of what other softwares, where they would be if they had, you know, people who are innately familiar with the product. Mm -hmm. And it also just goes to show that, I mean, gosh, there's so much from this, so much that I've learned uh, from Nikhil and from uh, McCarthy Building Companies this last weekend. Um, It was just a phenomenal experience, Rob. Really excited to get this out to our members. Um, If you are a DroneU member, you will have access to this class. If you're not a DroneU member, you got to sign up today. Just go to DroneU.education. But thank you to Raptor Maps. Really do appreciate it. Excited, too, for just all the uh, the fun stuff that's coming out of Yeah, that. and thank you to McCarthy as well for setting it all up, right? And Well, this is going to be a really killer, killer course for one particular reason. You know, one thing that a lot of people ask us on the mapping course is, can you tell us how to sell ourselves in mapping and um, how, like, who to work with, uh, you know, when to work with surveyors, when to work with, you know, existing industries. And something that a lot of people talk about is I really want to learn, you know, how do I sell to a client? Where is the value? What do I talk about? And Nikhil just straight up goes through all of his reports and he's like, okay, we've just mapped this. We can just straight up say, this is how many panels or modules are out. This is the net effect it's having. This is how much money it's costing you. Bing, bang, boom. 
out of curiosity, how would someone who's got a, an array right now go about doing this? Like physical inspections, one by physical one? Physical inspections. Wow. Yes. Wow. Talk about bringing value. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much There's so much going on with that. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on to today's show. Um, today's show, we don't actually have a call or a question asker. I'm sorry to the hundreds of backlog questions, but I really want to talk about this because I think it is so important for our drone industry as a whole to know this information because there's some really, really uh, interesting and significant pieces to the information that we're going to talk about today. They could affect whether a drone program takes flight or doesn't over time and whether employers and, and existing businesses and industries take on uh, drone programs. And I think it's just so crucial to talk about these issues. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I just thought up of another thing. But <laughs> another so, today, so today, Rob, what are we talking about? What do you mean? Well, you know, we're talking about the whole idea of enterprise drone businesses, right. enterprise drone programs. Right. And the, uh, so I think that a lot of people out there probably feel like it's relatively simple. And we've talked a little bit about this in the past, right? That you're a company that's relatively large. You feel like you have the resources, you understand the value that using drones brings, and you feel like you either have the resources or the people already on staff who you can take and kind of make your your drone group, right? Mm -hmm. And then they try to build what effectively, whether they realize it or not, is an enterprise level drone program. And it probably doesn't take very long to realize, wow, this is a much bigger step than we thought it was. Yeah, I think there are so many mistakes that are made with companies who want to bring on drones to create more efficient systems. And if you're truly going to create a more efficient system that saves money, you need a team that knows exactly what they're doing. They know how to replicate the work that you're doing. You're managing said team, and then you're ensuring that said team is doing exactly what they're saying. Otherwise, you can have significant safety and liability issues. I think Not to mention ineffective results ineffective results, which means your drone program after six months or a year won't exist anymore because you're not providing any value to the company. And whether that's uh, management or the executive level oversight uh, missteps or misunderstanding on the value it's providing, or whether it's the lack of systems for uh, your standard operating procedures and how you are providing um, training based on your standard operating procedures and the workflow that is supposed to be done for your business. It could be a failure on the type of people that you bring on for your drone team. And that could just be a motivational failure. Well, especially um, at the top of that drone team. Yes. Right. Um, and in fact, there could be another failure, which is, you know, purchasing the wrong equipment or working with a dealer of a dealer of a dealer who doesn't really know what they're talking about when it comes to the equipment. I mean, there's five issues that I just mentioned right there. Buying the wrong equipment. OK. Mm -hmm. Not having enough training, fielding the wrong team. OK. Not enough detailed standard operating procedures or they call them SOPs mm -hmm. and what I'm calling SOPs. I'll explain that later. <laughs> um, and then the fact of 
The fact of the matter is, is that creating a drone program for an enterprise grade company has its own issues in uh, organizational behavior, its own issues in, you know, creating a new structure for employees and management, but it also has its own issues because it's an uphill battle for any enterprise system to take off the ground because of a lot of these enterprise drones that are out there and the complexity therein. It is not like, it, you know, flying an M210, flying an M600, flying an M200, flying an M100. It is not like flying a Mavic 2 Pro. It is not like flying a Phantom 4. It's not going to work every single time you pull it out of the box. You could be like us and have significant issues with some of the most expensive gear. And in fact, now that we've been doing a lot of enterprise trainings, this is a theme that I'm seeing here, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. And it really seems to be with the a lot with the sensors and the communicating with the apps. There's just a lot that still needs to be worked out with that stuff. I mean, you can get the bird in the air. Yeah. Oh, that's never a problem. Right? It's an issue of, is it going to do what you need it to do once it's up there? It's is, And then are you going to to be able to control the camera from the sky, be able mm -hmm. to look at the data that you're taking in real time, make sure it's good data. Then are you, uh, you know, writing such, you know, stringent standard operating procedures that when you're working with these super expensive cameras like the Z30, the X-T2, that you're using very specific SD cards, because if you don't, it can literally ruin the, in the entire operation that you've been doing all day. And maybe you had a very small window to work within. So these small, minute, details are causing uh, huge problems to a point where, you know, it could threaten the existence of your drone program. And that's why I want to talk about this stuff. And in fact, uh, we're going to talk about some of these problems that we've seen and, and how to handle them here. But I just want to let everyone know we're doing a webinar on this because I want to make sure, as you know, that this industry continues to grow. So I want to get as much information out there as far as what equipment can do what, what type of systems do you need to create, what do these systems look like, how defined are these systems, how specific are these systems, how can you gamify these systems to get people on board to buy in. You've heard that, right? That whole term, the buy-in, get people to buy Absolutely. in. Absolutely. By the way, I could never work in an office where people are not like innately engaged in what they're doing. It's just, I've been to some of those offices and I just like stand around. I'm like, everyone just looks so damn bored. Well, we're fortunate in that we get to work in the drone True. industry, right? So it makes True. it kind of easy, but I hear you. I, I definitely heard, hear you. I heard yesterday on the nightly news that 74% of people hate their jobs. Not are unhappy, but literally hate. Hate. Wow. That's too bad. That was on that NBC makes me, last night. That makes me sad. <laughs> it doesn't make me sad. I'm stoked because <laughs> I've told people my whole life, I'm like, I don't want to be normal. Why yeah. the hell do you want to be normal? You want to yeah. be sad? Be normal. You want to be broke? Be normal. You want to spend lots of money and not save it because that's the key to wealth? Be normal. <laughs> Wait. The key to wealth. Spend a lot of money and not don't save it? Don't spend a lot of money. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't spend a lot of money. Anyway, it's funny because Bill calls it the Dave Ramsey, you know, like zero debt. I call it the Rob Burdick. <laughs> Takes it f way further. <laughs> so much further. Uh, but anyway, okay, we are having a webinar on this, and I just want to invite you guys to join me because it's going to be like an hour and a half, two hour long webinar. I'm going to go over each innate problem, how to mitigate that problem. Um, and then also we're going to be announcing our new enterprise uh, platform for the website. We're not opening it up. Yes, it may exist, but no, we're not opening it up. Um, I just want to open up the door to anyone who may want to have some feedback on, hey, here's some features I'd love to see, but 
Essentially, DroneU is branching out. We are offering a hold your hand program. That's what I'm calling it. That's probably the worst term ever to use, but it's literally a program for very specific industries where uh, pilots are walked through, literally hold your hand, walk through each step, each class they have to take, the resources they're in, the whole nine yards, and then the drone managers can check in to see where those people are, what they're doing, um, and see just to, you know how much they say they do versus what they actually do. So there's compliance built in and it's really supposed to aid people in zero to hero here are the habits you've got to build the routines here's the workflow here's the detailed information behind the workflow of why this matters with this i mean this is going to be instead of like a here's drone you here's our 30 classes go wherever you want this is very systematic workflow based training this is this is like, uh, I, I don't even know. I've, I don't know an example because I, I haven't seen one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, check out our webinar because I would like anyone who's interested in that to join us because we're going to be essentially polling people and asking questions after the webinar for those who sign up for it. Um, but it's bit.ly, so bit.ly forward slash drone you webinar. The link will be in the description of this show. It will be online. I invite you guys to join us. Um, I will be hosting this webinar. And let me just go over really quick because we're going to talk about some of the things here, but because we can't have super long podcasts on various uh, platforms, we don't want to bore you to death. But essentially, there's going to be two webinars. This will be the first in the series. And we're going to be talking about the biggest problems with drone programs and how to scale those operations. And you'll learn essentially, you know, Rob, just like when you're a new pilot, there are certain things that you're going to encounter that are general common problems. Right. And enterprise has the same thing, but a lot more of them. A lot more of them and more complex. It's just another level of those problems. So we're going to discuss those problems, solving those problems. We're going to talk about what you can do to really help with training. We're going to talk about common missteps that we see with trainings all the time. Um, And we're really excited, actually, to kind of bolster that up. So I recommend that you join us. Again, this is bit.ly forward slash drone webinar. For those people who are like, the bit.ly links don't work for me, http s colon slash slash bit dot ly slash drone u webinar enter you have to it has to be https okay so anyway or you could just click the link below yes the link will be in there for sure but rob let's talk about this you you've owned businesses you've created teams when you're trying to find the right person for the job what have you learned over the last is it two decades now (laughs) <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't think we need to point that asking out. Asking politely. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. What have you learned? Because like one of the biggest issues uh, that I'm seeing with, with enterprise drone programs is twofold. And it's, all about, it's about employees. One is getting the wrong employees signed up for the program to be drone pilots. Mm-hmm. And then number two, the other problem that I'm seeing is not only the wrong people, but they're just not motivated or inspired or they're facing a bigger problem, Rob, which is the fact that they already have a job. They already have a job at their existing business and they're expected to do that job and this new drone program stuff, which is a huge vital flaw because the amount of 
uh, habits and routines that must be created is astronomical to have a systematic um, drone program that creates efficient workflows and deliverables that provide value to the company as a whole. So if you're trying to get people who already have a very important job, like let's say uh, we're talking about a surveying business here and you got someone who's a great drafter in AutoCAD. Do we want to teach those people how to use PIX4D? Probably not. We probably want to use someone else who's familiar with PIX4D and teach them what they need to know to work with the AutoCAD people. That's a common problem that I've seen um, and not just in surveying. Another issue that I'm seeing is someone who's in IT, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been seeing a lot of people trying to jump into drone training from the IT space. And, and you know, like, you know, bless your heart, nerds, love you. But uh, unless you know how to fly, stay out of our lane and stay in your lane, bro. Anyway. All which, right. which there is a significant lane in the drone space for like programmers and software sure. developers, right? But they but shouldn't be teaching people how to fly. Probably not. Yeah. Most of them. And it's actually interesting because we just noticed something the other day. We're, we're implementing a new policy here at DroneU. Um, every you know, single person will have to have a Part 107 license to work here, uh, which we had already done. Our production team already has that. I already have that. That's not true. Steve has it. He's not the entire production team. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I did Hoel? challenge Howell yesterday. Oh, yeah, but To Hoel... a contest. Really? But he didn't take the bait. Oh, he's going to so take the work bait. What's him. the contest? Well, I, we didn't get that far. <laughs> I don't <laughs> oh, know. geez, Rob. <laughs> Are you competing with him, who, whoever gets it first? Yeah. I'll give you $100 for whoever gets it first between you and him. The reason I bring this up is so... I don't even so be Im- motivated by 100 bucks. I would be, <laughs> but... Anyways, carry on. 300 uh, coins of Ripple. Ooh. Anyway, okay. This is a problem um, because in our industry, I don't know how many people, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you work with a certain drone company, ask the executive team, owners of the company, executive board, who has their Part 107 license. And I think you'll find, like I have, that very few in the drone industry actually do. <laughs> Including so we're us setting at the a moment. standard now. We're setting a standard. <laughs> we're going to set a standard. Yeah, we're, we're Coming soon. In the process. Standard. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but so I didn't answer you didn't well, your question about some of the things I've learned. I think the number one thing, and I can just leave it at this because this is so important. And I've already I'm, alluded to it in guess, the beginning. But go for it. Well, it's good leadership. I mean, that's oh. the beginning part of it. Because and, and so how do we get into big leader, leadership? Obviously, that is uh, a huge conversation in and of itself. But for me, that's I read something this morning that I, I really thought summed it up well. And that was a good leader asks themselves every day, what am I going to do today or what have I done today to help a member of my team? That mm. could be somebody who's dealing with a problem, helping somebody improve, helping somebody figure something out. But it's it's all about thinking bigger than yourself. And obviously you've got to have the technical aspects, everything that you're talking about in terms of somebody who's knowledgeable in the area that they need well, to lead I, I want to talk about that too. I want to talk very specifically about the type of people that I have seen be very successful with drone programs, but continue on. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to hear about that. No, that that's pretty much it as far as that particular point. Be- and, I, and frankly, when you ask the question, what have I found out about people, I look more inward than I do outward and say, where have I screwed That's up? That's because you're a good person, but continue on. Well, <laughs> no, and I ask myself, where have I screwed up? Where can I get better? What can I do to improve? Soccer as... skills need work. I don't know about that. <laughs> They're pretty solid. Wow. <laughs> and I actually don't even know. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the main thing that I would say is if you're going to start a drone program in your company, get the right person. And we've had some people that we've interacted with in the drone industry who are in fairly large companies and that company did the right thing and they got somebody who knew what they're doing. They seem like good people and their programs are doing well. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a huge paper company that comes to mind as one of the people that I'm thinking of who has done it the right way. Of course, they uh, got billions of dollars to work with, but that helps. It's interesting because I thought you were going to say spend more time hiring and less time firing. Because I've seen that's true. I have seen that very particular issue at the mortgage company before yeah. you sold it off. That's, that's right. You heard it here first. No more mortgage company. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> And we had a great time, a great run, but we're really, really stoked about that so that we can put all our energy into this and you. And our new that training center is, that we're building. Yeah, absolutely. But that is absolutely true. Definitely something we've learned. We've all, So I've been too much of a softie. You can't be a softie. You can care about people and be selfless and be a good leader, but you can't be too much of a softie. And that is, but you know, even that, Paul, comes down to, and I don't know, maybe we're getting a little off track of what we're trying to accomplish with this podcast, but that really comes down to... It's kind of like real estate and investing. You make the money when you buy the property, not when you sell it. Same thing with employees. You make the money, so to speak, when you hire the employee. Hmm. So you got to put the right processes in place. Our friends over at the St. James Tea Room, which is a world-class five-star tea room here in Albuquerque. It's actually like a, in Albuquerque, you know, in most cities, like your wife really has like two places you all, like she really wants you to take her. This is one of those places. No, it's amazing. And it doesn't matter what city it would be in. It would be five star, six star, whatever. It's incredible what you know, they I do. I still haven't there. taken Sarah there. You need to do Awkward. that. Their hiring <laughs> process is phenomenal and it's very systematized and they do an incredible job. They very rarely have trouble with employees because they don't let it get that far. Interesting. Can you can you elaborate more about this particular process? Because I mean, still talking about this particular subject, finding the right people for the job. I think this is important because I have some things I want to say myself, because, you know, just getting the, you know, young millennial guy who's in your office to be a part of the drone program, in my opinion, is not the right way to go about it. You have to have someone who's teachable, who's willing to learn. Mm -hmm. You have to have a mindset that's open to the fact that they may not know everything, but they also have to be the mindset where they understand the importance of focus. Right. That way they can deep dive into the systems and workflows necessary to ensure that, you know, the workflow that you have for your particular business is scalable. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's actually one of the most interesting things that I found. In the last three enterprise trainings that we've done, you know, everyone is expecting the younger IT guys to be like the best drone pilots. And I've seen nothing but the opposite. I've seen literally nothing but the opposite. I've seen more hardened, gritty, willing to learn, um, you know, older guys being more successful by a long shot. Like, I mean, by a, a significant long shot. So, yeah. um, and I think that's not a failure of the, whether the millennials capable with, uh, you know, technology, it's a failure on their ability to follow up. And then look, my, I've had issues with follow up in my life, a personal and, and private and commercial as well. And it's one of those things that I think comes in time and experience. And with that said, you know, you have to have young people who are smart teachable, can focus, 
and are driven to follow up. Like they're the type of people that always live up to their word because they realize that's all they have at the end of the day. Yeah, and they're building towards something for themselves and for whoever they're working with and for. Maybe that's it's actually a key point is that they're also in it for the greater good. It's not Absolutely. just about them, you know? They want to actually make an impact. Absolutely. If there's any inkling of narcissism, we're going to um, politely walk away. Leave! <laughs> you go! That, yeah, I guess politely is a relative term. Anyways, to your question about their process, it's very involved. I think what I would say about it more in summary rather than going into those kinds of details right now today on the show is that they have a set of values as an organization that they hold very close to their heart. And they have mechanisms in place to ensure to the best possible outcome that the people they're interviewing adhere to those values and will support those values and work towards those values. Because one of the things that I've learned in all of the people that we've hired over the years is that, number one, I don't think on my own accord, meaning without some tools, say some, there's so many wonderful tests out there that you can use. Without those resources, I'm too gullible. And so I think that's one thing is be honest with yourself. So my, my point being, it's not very hard for somebody to put up a good interview for me, right? And I just want to believe in people and I want to know, I want to believe them and I want to see the good in them. So unless they come in here and start saying, you suck unless you give me the effing job, I'm probably going to find a way to say, you know what? I think we can help this person. I think this person can help us. I like Tim's. I, I like, when I remember when I first worked with you uh-huh. and Tim and I knew I already won your heart over like in the first like five minutes. Uh, and I think that says a lot about Rob, but um, it was Tim who was quiet, mm. stoic. And whenever I said something, would just sit there and be silent just to see how people handle the silence. And I see that yeah. now being older, but back then I was like, why doesn't this guy like me? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I think you also, you know, in your hiring process, you have to see how people handle awkwardness. I think that that says a lot about the person. Hmm. Yeah. Because it says about their, a lot about their self-worth and how they view themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, that's critical. Um, but then again, the type of people that I like to hire are very rare like Howell, who has a, a sense of ownership himself. And that's something that's really important for me Absolutely. is a sense of ownership. Yeah, and sometimes the reality is it takes you one, two, three, four, however many people to get to the one. And we've been able to do that with Howell, right? It took us two or three people to get to Howell. And now we feel pretty good about it. We feel great about it. Was it, how many people was it? It was three. I think it was three. It was three. Yeah, because we had the NBC producer come in, mm-hmm. but he only lasted like three days. Remember that? Yeah, anyway. Um, that was a joke. Anyway, um, long story short is, okay, going back, recapping this really fast. So we're talking about the problems plaguing enterprise uh, drone programs and the uphill battle that they have because of uh, problems that are outside of their control. And we talked about, you know, one of the problems that is inside of their control is who is doing what work for the drone team, making sure that these people are very specific for the drone team. That's all that they do. They're not trying to juggle a bunch of different, you know, uh, jobs and tasks, because if you do, it's going to take longer and longer and longer for that person to learn the systems that they need, practice, go out and do some practice jobs and actually be able to deliver whatever it is you are looking for. So if you distract those people, 
Distractions are everywhere. You have to have a very strong mind to eliminate distractions, even while driving, which is fascinating to me, Rob, because more people die every year from distracted driving than like every other thing that could kill you or is a statistic on TV right now. But anyway. No, it's true. Unfortunately. Um, so like distracted driving, distractions can literally kill your program. So focus is key. Make sure you're choosing the right people who are inspired and motivated. They want to make a difference. And you've got to like, you know, Rob said one of the things about St. James Tea Room is they have a set of standards that they adhere to. I think something that's important is when you are hiring these people that you're telling a story. There's an end goal in sight. You have a vision mm. and you want these people to get on your pirate ship and, you know, you need to, you need to, you know, sail off, but it takes everyone a long time to get in the same rhythm and paddle together, if you know what I'm saying. So, in fact, there was a great podcast from Reed Hoffman and um, what is that uh, show? Masters of Scale. And he talks about how when you're a startup and you're bootstrapping, you know, you are a scuttle bucking, that's not even a word, group of pirates. And that has, you know, they're willing to take risks and they're willing to do this. But at some time, your group of pirates has to become an organized, well-behaved Navy in order to provide scalable systems to create things that actually work over time. And that's what we're talking about here is there are very specific elements that go into creating a successful drone program. And now that we've finally been, you know, hands on with this whole process for a little while, we can say here with conviction, these are issues that we are seeing that are plaguing other people. We're constantly having to fix these problems. Mm -hmm. When we, like literally the day one, we go there and meet with the clients. Like, all right, we're flying tomorrow. You know, you have your birds ready. You do your IMU calibrations. You follow all those documents we sent you, and it's like half the time, no versus yes. So it's just very interesting. Um, now, that being said, we're going to talk a lot more about this on the webinar, and we're going to have a much more succinct program. So we're going to be talking about these particular issues um, in depth, but also succinctly. So make sure you join us. It's um, bit.ly forward slash DroneU webinar, or you can just go to thedroneu.clickfunnels.com forward slash webinar dash page. Either way, check it out. You got to join us for that webinar. In fact, let me go to the topics we're going to cover in this first webinar, which is starting a drone program, general goals, and setting a vision, common problems, finding the right personnel, setting the right expectations to start, getting them excited, what's possible. Part 107 is step one of 10, not step 10 of 10. Um, operational training, understanding the importance therein and how that can have a lasting effect on your program. And then stair-stepping your training programs to start people slowly um, to build habits and routines over time, as that typically is the only way to build a nice, successful program, is you've got to build the foundation first, all those habits, like your pre-fight habits, and then your workflow habits, you know, things like setting up your PPE, um, if that's something that you have to do, creating a mobile workstation that has everything that you need to go work in that particular area. You know, you don't want to throw all of that onto a new pilot when they come in. Right. You want to stair-step them into these things. Um, we're also going to be talking about advanced trainings. We're going to be talking about building standard operating procedures and building SOPIs um, or SOPES or SOPAS, <laughs> however you want to call the them. the New Mexican version. Um, so what is that? Because you've probably never heard that before. I hope, I hope you've never heard that before because I just made it up. I just coined this thing. Standard operating procedures, practical exercises. So it's about gamifying your standard operating procedures in a way that 
helps people retain information. This is this is what we do here at DroneU. If you haven't seen our newer classes, um, by the way, which our new Don't Crash course uh, should be on the website by the end of next week. Um, that's something that we've been working a lot on. We've got two drones in the Don't Crash course now. Newer drones, we have, I think, five in the works. And um, there's so much coming to DroneU. So very excited about that. But the whole issue here is that we have gamified this training. We're adding things to our website that we're going to be announcing here shortly to help employers find super vetted drone pilots that we're also building into our enterprise system. And these practical exercises are a way that we help gamify the process. It's We call it our workflow training day. Um, and it's something that we build into all these trainings. In fact, there are like five proposals that I need to send out right now. In fact, one guy's giving me hell about it. I probably should send it out. Paul? Yeah. 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 I was going to bug you about that. Too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you bugged me too. Um, but anyway, uh, and then we're going to talk about going back into the topics. We're going to be talking about keys to building a story, showcase the program's vision, and executing at scale what must be possible, the keys to the ultimate systems for full systems autonomy. So we're going to be talking about all of those things. It's going to be a long webinar. Uh, we're going to have some offers in there. I'm going to open up the door to anyone who wants to be a part of our new enterprise program and say, you know, we are looking for feedback before we launch this instead of, you know, the opposite. We don't want to, we don't, I don't think it's right when companies beta test their products on new customers. I don't think it's right that you have, you should pay a thousand dollars to test something. I think you should be able to test it and see if it works for you. Because if it does, you're going to be a client for a long time. And right. if it doesn't, we want to know why. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So maybe it's just not right for you. Um, but anyway, that being said, we're also going to have a very exclusive offer for a flight mastery training um, and an annual membership as well. So I'm going to be throwing some things out in this webinar. I, I don't do a lot. As you guys know, I only have maybe like four to six webinars a year. And this entire series is going to be about enterprise um enterprise trainings. And then the next webinar after this, we'll be discussing enterprise equipment. What equipment for what job, where, and how. We're going to talk about the most efficient workflow, and then we're going to talk about the most efficient cost. I think people those are going to be surprised things, by some of those conclusions. Uh, it's, it's not going to be like, hey guys, you need to buy the newest, latest, and greatest DJ High stuff. It's not going to be that. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> well, I don't know. That'd be kind of fun if you did the whole webinar like that. Well, hey guys, well, you know not. what you need to buy? You need to buy a little robot that shoots airsoft pellets at things that you program it to do. Because we're a drone company, and that's why we built Killer Robot. <laughs> no, I'm excited to see what happens with the kids and the new S1 robot, but... I mean, you've seen, it's all actually, the, okay, you, you've so, seen all the comments in the group. About, I know, but I think that's short-sighted thinking because if you think about going, it's, so let's take baseball and all the fans of baseball seem to be in terms of the masses older. Yeah. And it's hard to get the younger kids. Obviously, there's still younger kids playing baseball, but not in the numbers that used to be. If they can get these in front of tons of kids and they get familiar with DJI, it's like creating their own ecosystem like Apple did. Uh, yep. So it makes a ton of sense whether the people that are currently flying for business or flying DJI stuff think it's ridiculous they came out with that instead of a five or whatever first. Seems pretty smart to me. I think it's extremely smart. And like I said, I'm excited to see what the kids do with this because yeah. this could really add a lot of educational programs that could really help build skills. And there's con exactly. there's constant chatter on the internet about how expensive and useless colleges because they're not learning any skills. And this very particular robot helps them understand skills particular to coding, which as we know is a very um, necessary uh, 
job right now. And it's also, you know, typically owned by men in this space. So I think this is great that they're adding toys that can be programmed that maybe starts that inspiration, that passion to be able to code other things. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting, but we would love to see, you know, what happens in the drone space, in the aircraft space. So it's, uh, sure. by, the, by the way, I saw Chris Anderson at the FAA symposium. If you're not familiar with Chris, he owns 3D Robotics. And I said, man, the... Uh, said the door is just opening up wider and wider for American drone companies. And he kind of paused. And, and I think he was pissed that I said this. But why? Um, well, because I'm, he, I'm sure he wants 3DR to be number one. And they have, you know, enterprise grade drones. But now that I actually think about SightScan and how expensive their program is compared to the other enterprise drones, it's like making me think again. But like I said, I said there's a huge opportunity for some American manufacturer to come in and just blow it out of the water. I said yeah. like literally the opportunity is astronomical at this moment. Hmm. I don't know why that would make him mad. I would see that as him I saying, didn't see him as mad. I just saw him as pause. I see. Kind of like a ha ha. You don't think we've been here the whole time? <laughs> like I, I guess that. But, you know. Wow. Um, That's a whole different point. Yeah, 3DR does have that new, um, it's like the partnership with Unique and the H520. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, but good for them. I mean, we're pulling for them, that's for sure. We're pulling for anybody. Pulling for everybody. We're pulling for the industry. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. If you have a question, go to askdroneu.com. If you want to ask some of these enterprise training questions, please send them in. We would love to see them. I just want to get this conversation started, and that's why I brought it up. Today's show is brought to you by our friends, actually, at Innovative UAS. Thanks to Innovative UAS, they helped us with the solar class, getting the right equipment out there. If you live in the Phoenix, Arizona area, or if you are in Arizona or the Southwest as a whole, you may know there are not that many drones stores here in the southern part of the southwest. Well, Innovative UAS is here as they have enterprise drone products, but they also have products and they have great service. And I can actually speak to their service. So I just want to say that I actually worked with Innovative UAS back at the subject tracking class. If you remember, oh, yeah. I had a broken Inspire 2 and they helped me right on the spot. I mean, I was literally in and out the door and I think like 25, 30 minutes. And uh, I just want to greatly appreciate and say thank you to Ali and Ethan. If you want to check out Innovative UAS and get some help from them, or maybe you've got some questions about what gear to use and whatnot, just... Go to InnovativeUAS.com or you can email them directly, sales at InnovativeUAS.com. Like I said, they helped me out and I uh, greatly, greatly appreciate that. So Very check cool. them out. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thanks again for listening. My name is Paul. My name is Rob. This is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.